candle, man. Just burning the candle every Hells yeah. Hells fucking yeah. day. Never ends, man. Never friggin' ends. It doesn't. It doesn't. Oh, How wait, we're you? live. We're yeah, live. We're live. Mm. I'm good. You know, yesterday, yeah, apologies for that. Yesterday, my phone just totally, when I was talking to you saying I couldn't make it. I figured phone, that's what happened. It totally crapped out right in the middle of that. And I, and I had no way to contact you because I don't know your number by heart. <laughs> so I was like, thank goodness I could get that brief message out. But yeah, I don't think I my can. kids are going to be able to know how to go anywhere in their lives because <laughs> they're not going to have a GPS. If their phone dies, they won't have a GPS to tell them how to get someplace. Like yeah. right now, my daughter or son, my son could barely tell you where his best friend lives because it's like, you know, four blocks away. But my daughter could never tell you where vicinity where any of her friends live or how to get there. I don't even think she could tell you how to get to our house from school. So. <laughs> Oh, man, I saw a lot of your kids' school uh, tennis players yesterday. Oh, yeah. How'd, she, yeah. how'd, uh, how'd your daughter do yesterday? She got to the – she lost in the second round. Oh, but, bummer. You know, but, no, still, it was like – it was a tough – she played one of the – she plays a three-seed, so she was playing the three-seed at Palmetto, who's really – she played her before. Really good. Big, oh, tall cool. gal. Um, and then did doubles, uh, but did both, you know, got to the first round and both lost the second. So I don't know if they advanced. That might be over now. But, um, you know, either way, they're they're going to be strong next year because they've got good players that are just getting better. Nice. Um, so it was fun. But, uh, yeah, you know, Palmetto is like probably the – between Palmetto and Doral, they're probably the two best um, tennis programs and school tennis programs in nice. uh, South Florida, or at least Miami-Dade. That's awesome. That's awesome. All the so what, all the uh, the wealthy kids. You know, not really. It's funny because um, they're all playing, you know, at the other schools, you know, Carrollton. That's true. The private schools. Yeah. And um, but it's like uh, you get a lot of these other scrappy kids coming out of like Tropical Park. I don't mean scrappy in a negative way. I mean, scrappy in the way that I I, I like scrappy. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that just like it and play and grind it out. And right. Um, and then there's others, you know, that you. I put her in that early, but I didn't push her hard when she was like 10 to 12. So I want her to burn out. So, you know, now the most people have already quit. And the ones that didn't quit are in uh, playing ITF or UTR, high end UTR tournaments uh -huh. and trying to go pro. Um, whereas, you know, we were always angling just to play on a, be popular and play on a college team. Absolutely. But anyhow, nobody cares about this. What do we got, man? I know you got, you told me something this morning. I saw something last night that are this early this morning that I was like, what the? So I love freedom of speech. I love it. I love freedom of speech, but I don't want, you know, I don't want a Twitter uh, that looks like Gab. Let's just put it that way. And if you're not familiar with Gab, Gab is the, uh, the uh, attempt to uh, uh allow anything goes kind of social network, which, you know, we should probably have, and we should have a decentralized one, but uh, Elon Musk, um, who, you know, for me, he kind of goes back and forth between kind of extremes. I think he has libertarian values, but I also think he has um, uh, some more socially liberal uh, points of view. So it's, it's just a weird thing. Um, anyway, Elon wants to buy Twitter, man. So I don't think anybody listening has, has uh, any, I'm sure everyone listening has heard this. Um, and I actually was thinking about it today. I think he planned it this way all along. I, I, I think this was his gambit. I think the, uh, I think he planned to do the initial buy, start bitching and moaning. I mean, he didn't discover anything fucking new about Twitter in the last week since that was announced that he didn't know going in. Right. So he's making this play that somehow he, you know, discovered that Twitter was beyond fixing after he put his money in or, or they weren't going to fix it after he put his money in. That's bullshit. First of all, how long did it take to write up these documents to make this kind of an offer, right? And do the SEC filing. And then secondarily, you know, what didn't you know about Twitter that you didn't like, you know, before you bought the, the whatever, the 9.2%, right? I think this was his game all along. I think he was going to do this, boost the stock price, get everybody all juiced about Twitter, boom, going up, having an influence. 
I don't know if the board seat part was was planned or not, but wouldn't put it past him. It really kind of like, you know, gives him an angle. And then, you know, come in and say, hey, here's the final offer, you know? And I, I think that was the plan all along. I think he wanted to just buy the thing outright. Yeah, I mean, there's levels like I know there's a trigger at 5% and there's a trigger at 10% on on disclosure. And I think when you buy up to 5, I'm just trying to remember this from these activist guys I used to know. I think if you buy up to 5% and below 5%, you don't have to disclose anything to the SEC at that point. Right. I think once you go over 5 up to 10, you have to start disclosing, but there's if there's something there's another angle there too that either it delays or it something maybe it has to do with 90 days or there's some some way you play that there's a very significant reason why they're below um 10 right but you know when he rolls in like that and you know and in, in, in you know i don't know <clears throat> i mean he's probably the mo- one of the most prolific tweeters out there yeah and his stuff certainly moves prices in crypto we see yeah. that all the time yep um 90 million followers 80 million followers something like that I don't Something. know for sure. A, a big number. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't know. If I was holding Twitter stock, I'd sell it right now. Would you? Yeah. If, well, what, I mean, is, it, is it getting close to that price? Has it moved up? Uh, no, it said it leveled back off. Let's see uh, Let's see where we are right now. Because that's a 34% gain if you hold it. Yeah. And, it gets, and look, here's the thing. But usually it moves up to that. How, it's 45.66 now. It's still, I mean, it's gone up, but... Wow, no, actually it's, it's gone, gone down. down. It looks like, yeah. Um, well, this was last this was yesterday. I can't I don't know when it officially went out. Oh no, this was this morning. It was up to forty eight point three six and it's now dropped back down to forty five point six two. Uh yesterday's low was forty four point four nine and he's offering fifty four point two. I thought that would <clears> be thirty is that that's not thirty five is that that's not thirty five percent higher than forty five. Uh, well, when he made the offer, maybe it was at there 44. I don't know. Let's see. Let's do the math. That's 44. 25% yeah, would be 11. To... 55. Yeah, 25%. I don't know. I thought it was a much bigger delta. Um, I don't think that right enough. now it's right now it's a, it's a further gain of 14.8%. If you were, if you were, I mean, that's the, to the number that he's proposing. Um, so, you know, look, if you've been sitting on, on Twitter stock and you know, you, it's up overall. Um, but if you've been sitting on Twitter stock and, and this offer comes in, I don't know how the board, I mean, I think the board can turn it down because they say Elon Musk will be bad for the for the company, right. will be bad for the product and, and the longer term potential gains for us are much greater than what he's offering today. And that he could have a negative impact on the company. The other side of it is I've got to, I've got to do what's in the best interest in the shareholders and in, and, and the shareholders are looking at a nice bump over, you know, where they were. So I don't know. When did he come in with his 9.2? I don't know. I don't know. And that was what, two weeks ago? I think it was pretty recent. Yeah. yeah. I mean, definitely so, like less than a month for sure. So, yeah, here it is. This is when the pump happened March 31st to April. Oh, April Fool's. Maybe it was April 5th or 4th or 1st. Anyway, you know, they were at 38.69 before he bought his stake. And then I don't know. Well, you'll see at this point. It either Where's the letter? Up, Where's it the creeps thing up to said? that price? Uh, if people think it's going to close, if people don't think it's going to close, then it starts backing off. Yeah. Um, I thought it was a bigger spread. I mean, I don't know how far Twitter stock can really go. Um, I have no idea. I don't really follow it. But, you know, anytime someone comes in with an offer like that, you know, usually I find it's best to sell if, if it moves closer to that offer. Um, and then wait, because, you know, I don't think the Twitter board is going to accept this offer. I think they're going to say, no, pass. You think they're going to pass? I don't think it's big enough. So, well, here's the other risk. He dumps immediately. He said he's going to dump. Yeah. Too. He dumps 9.2% of the company on the open market. Yeah, I know. I mean, well, what? that's like Putin, basically. You know, I mean. Where the hell you know, is his tweet? Oh, here it is. Uh, you're like, dump it. Who gives a shit? Yeah. You know, you want to lose your money? 
too. I mean, he bought 10%. It's what worth 43 billion, you know, four and a $4.3 billion. Mm-hmm. If he wants to lose that fine. Yeah. But then, you know, cause we see it in crypto all the time. Let's have a big bloody candle drop here and then everybody will pile back in. Exactly. Know? And get a deal. Yeah. And go buy Twitter at 30. Where's the, he sent a note. Like it was this short, like pithy note. Yeah. He I sent. can't stand him. I, <laughs> sorry. I, that's cool. I love what he builds. I just think he's a dick as a human, but I love what he builds. You know, oh, what I, I mean? like his like bleeding edge mentality. I do like it too. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, um, I love the shit that he creates. I love the fact that, I mean, working for him must suck shit because he's such a dick. Yeah. But, um, at the same time, man, he gets maximum innovation out of people, like maximum. And he's doing important shit, really important shit. The space travel to me is important. Yeah. The climate change stuff is important. The artificial intelligence shit is really important. He has a good attitude about that. You know, he wants to have it be responsible. He's trying to rein it in. So, you know, all in all, he does good shit. He just happens to be kind of a shithead of a human being. So, what did I, I, you know, the boring company, I don't really get that. I'm like, well, tunnels to, uh, yeah, uh, I mean, to, you know, alleviate traffic issues and create opportunities for mass transit, that kind of thing. So, yeah, I don't know. It seems like a, I mean, look, you can't do that in Florida and they're already talking about Florida. You can't go down into the aquifer. Yeah, no, of course. Well, I mean, we have one tunnel. We have the tunnel under the ocean, under the bay. That's oh, that one. Tunnel yeah, we yeah, have. Yeah. yeah, to the port. Yeah. Um, that's the only place we can do a tunnel here. Otherwise, yeah. No, you fuck with happening. the water table. Well, um, look, our, our water table is probably close to fucking collapse anyway. There was another thing I did like about him. What was it? I just was reading about him. Um, the battery technology, I saw something recently about, was it? Oh, it's all to do with mining and Tesla. Oh, I've got I've got an article on it. Okay, Uh, cool. Yeah. Uh, So here's what he wrote. He wrote Brett Taylor, chairman of the board. I invested in Twitter as as I believe in its potential to be the platform for free speech around the globe. And I believe free speech is a social imperative for a functioning democracy. However, since making my investment, I now like a week fucking later. I now realize the company will neither thrive nor serve this societal imperative in its current form. Twitter needs to be transformed as a private company. As a result, I am offering to buy 100% of Twitter for $54.20 per share in cash, a 54% premium over the day before I began investing in Twitter. Okay, so whenever he started buying, and a 38% premium over the day before my investment was publicly announced, which is that number we were looking at, 38 bucks, whatever. So currently then it's only about 14% over current price. My offer is my best and final offer, and if it is not accepted, I would need to consider my position as a shareholder. Twitter has extraordinary potential. I will unlock it. Because he has fucking time for that shit. Like, I, well, Also, with everything so feeling so toppy sometimes these days, you know, I mean, I guess if I was sitting on a couple of billion at Twitter, I might just say, fuck it, sell it, and yeah. get another 300 million today yeah. and be out, you yeah. know, and move on to the next thing. Um. I don't know. I don't see the inside numbers there, so I don't know what really yeah. goes on. But, but well, I think what's one, their revenue? I, <laughs> do they have revenue? Yeah. I mean, oh yeah, one point five seven billion. But what's their? I mean, what's their? They were up 258 percent last year. Yeah, but what's their um, EBITDA? That's what I'm looking for. I don't see a PE ratio at all, so that tells me their net negative. profit margin eleven point five nine percent. This is showing, well, the P.E. ratio shows they don't have one. So that means that they are not running earnings. So maybe that's a free cash flow number or an EBITDA number. But I guess my thing is, I mean, I don't I don't know. I'm just speculating as we talk. Um, It's actually been as high as 73 over the last year. I didn't know that. It's off 37 percent a year. Yep. Um, You know, the thing that I. I'm concerned about in the social media space is that, you know, you can't say the stuff that you say on Twitter in a newspaper. No. Or you'll get sued. Right. You can't say stuff in public like that or you'll get sued. I have a feeling once eventually that's going to change in social where, you know, you can get sued for what you say or anonymity will go away and everybody's got to be, you know, real name. 
Right. Um, and I don't know what that does to the Twitter model then going forward. Um, yeah, I, I, I see that as kind of a big kind of risk if you're coming in now, which would be another reason why I would sell. Right. I guess what I'm getting at. Um, I don't know. I think it's interesting. I, I give it a, I don't know if, if I see a 52 week high of 73 or I've been feeling a 73 before, <laughs> I might say no at this point. Because I'm gonna say, look, you got because we can get back there. Yeah. Yeah. Give me 25% over the 52 week high, get me to a hundred bucks a share and I'll sell. Yep. And yeah. counter there. And he's going to walk away um, because he's already stated he would, but then. I you tell know, you what, if he does dump and there's a material impact on price, I'm going to buy. Yeah, heck yeah. And I think there might be some, um, you know, he always skirts the line on, you know, we always talk about this SEC type issues. And I don't know, man, I think throwing that, you know, manipulating a price like that. I mean, it could be construed that way. Um, of course. Might get him in hot water. Yeah. I don't know. I, I give it this price, 10% chance of closing. All right, I, that makes sense. You've got much more insights into this kind of shit than I. I'm do. guessing. I'm guessing. I uh, I haven't sat in these board meetings uh, unless so. somebody's reeling and they all want to dump. I mean, unless the I insiders know. know something that's going bad there. Yep. Um, and you want to get out, but I mean, you're so close to his price anyhow. You could just sell twenty percent of your stake and probably have enough cash to last the rest of your life. Yep, that's true. So lots of things to think about. Definitely, definitely. Um. Uh, while I have the screen, uh, I'm going to, I'm looking at Dow tools uh, mm -hmm. a little bit. You know, we've been looking at some Dow tools and I'm going to be chatting with um, a CEO of a company that's, that's doing Dow stuff um, for the show most likely. And he wanted to know, I have had, uh, I tweeted about this the other day. Um, one of the, one of the big crypto block uh, blockchain venture capitalists, um, wrote a summary of kind of the Dow space. And then um, I think she was an investor in Coordinate. I'm not sure. Um, but my own experience with this tool. So I listened yesterday to a bankless episode uh, discussing Dow's. It was really good. Very philosophical. Got into a lot of things about the fact that um, what's kind of forming here because so many people are working in multiple DAOs and helping multiple communities and are involved and invested in multiple communities is we have this um, massive web of humans interacting. So there are DAOs, but then, but because we're all connected and so many of these are integrated um, that there's this web of, of connections, right? That, that the, the human population has this potential to become a massive DAO where we all are kind of feeding each other self-interest. Anyway, Coordinate is actually an interesting product, and, and I'm going to talk more about uh, DAOs in a bit. But here was I, I had some I had some experience briefly with utilizing this tool, um, and the concept is very cool. So the idea is is that um, you and a DAO have a set of projects that everybody's working on, and you can get uh, rewarded for um, for for working on one of the projects, right? Or there's a project and everybody comes together and works on it together. The end result is, is that Coordinate allows all of the people who are involved in working on the project to come in and allocate percentages of the budget to uh, the people that worked on it, right? So the people that worked on it post up what they did and they, um, they and everyone comes in and then gives each person points based on what they thought the value was to that overall project. And it's a very cool concept. It's a very, you know, democratic concept and everything else, but here are the holes in it and I don't know how to solve them. And uh, I'm going to go into more Dow stuff later on, but the holes in it are that the, first of all, the pressure of everyone knowing because it's on the chain and it's in the interface, how much you allocated to each person. Right? So if you're friendly with somebody, you're probably more likely to give that person more if you think development is more important than marketing, you're probably more likely to give the development people more, whereas the marketing people may have had a bigger impact on the brand. Um, the other big problem is you have to understand what everyone did, right? You have to be able to go through those things that they did, understand what kind of work it took to do that, brain power, time, et cetera, and what kind of skills and experience are required. And then you have to make a judgment call on whether that was important or not. So 
you may be a product management type person or a community manager person and the developer has explicitly listed out all of the code that they wrote. If you don't have any of that expertise experience, how do you make a judgment call on it? Anyway, um, I want to go in, I want to have a show maybe next week where we kind of go into DAOs, how they're functioning, kind of what their impacts are going to be inside and outside. Um, Coordinate is a great tool. I think it has a place in the marketplace. But what's interesting is how many projects are coming out now to provide these tools. And I think we're going to have like, you know, 50 or 100 different projects that are trying to corner the DAO market. I don't think there's one size fits all. My bottom line on this is I think there is going to be a tool chest of tools, right? Your people are going to want to be able to take the pieces they want. Do you want this kind of payment system, right? Where everyone's voting, pull that into your DAO infrastructure. Do you need a forum? Pull that into your DAO infrastructure. Do you need chat? Put that in. Do you need task management and project management? Bring it in, right? Is you need financial management, accounting, et cetera. That's where I think we're going to end up because I think all of these DAOs are going to be different. So anyway, little, little, little DAO sidetrack there, Joe. No, no, I like it. I mean, it's look, I need to, dive deep into that myself and just do a real research day or two on it because yep. you know i just you know how it is just can't get to everything and but it's definitely where i see the future going yep. and the faster you know DeFi is transitioning to there in a lot of ways in my mind you know DeFi web3 dow it's all sort of the same thing in my head um in different ways yeah same thing in different ways that sounds contradictory but you know what i, mean. I know what you mean it's like they're all kind of in the same space and we do need to start kind of digging. I need to start digging in deeper on these. Yep, absolutely. Now here, um, this is site, I'm going to put it in the show notes. Uh, I don't know what it's called. Somebody created a list of DAOs on Notion, uh, DAO tools on Notion. So treasury yeah. tools, communication tools, how to form them and build them. Aragon is the the granddaddy of DAO management systems. Their, their system is pretty slick. Um, I don't, I don't know if they've gotten off mainnet though. Uh, you, I've got like $250 stuck in a test DAO I set up because of fucking gas fees. Um, but I don't <laughs> think they've gotten off of just mainnet yet. I don't know if they've gone onto Polygon or something like that yet. Uh, anyway, um, we'll talk about this further. Um, I'll put the link to this resource if you're thinking about building something and launching yeah. something. You know, Joe, something that's really been a lot of fun that's been happening more and more is I'm starting to get more and more DMs from people who have an interest in a project or want us to talk about them. So I'm getting a list together of some of those, some people we can interview, some, you know, some folks that, uh, that um, you know, have some interesting things they're working on. I get a ton of shit too. So don't get me wrong. I'm filtering through, you know, the we're the greatest De DeFi project that ever existed and all it is is a fucking pancake swap clone, right? So um, the, I, I'm definitely I'm definitely filtering out the shit that I'm getting. But uh, it's also interesting watching the pitches I get, right? The the PR pitches, the the guys who are trying to you know pay me to shill something. It's uh, it's interesting. I'm gonna send all the pay to shill ones to you though. So yeah, that'd be great. I'd love to look at those. <laughs> Just so I can beat on them a little bit. Um, but, you know, it doesn't that's part of marketing, too. So it doesn't mean pay to shills are bad. It just means that you don't find them organically. Yeah. And so well, when people are promoting like that, you just have to be a little bit more. Well, and I, look, I, I wouldn't have any problem like the guys that uh, uh, what's that podcast? Uh, the two dudes. That they the two dudes. Yeah. And they'll do episodes where they're sponsored and they make it clear this is paid for. They're paying me to interview them, right? That that's what they say uh, beforehand. We're getting paid to interview them. We don't have, we haven't done any research. We're just giving them the airtime. They're paying us to do this, right? So it, it's like a commercial you're going to hear on any other podcast. It's just a really long one, twenty minutes or thirty minutes or whatever. So there is a model for that, um, but you just have to be clear that that you know these people are paying sponsorship. So. Anyway. Yeah, I wouldn't mind doing that every now and then. Yeah, um, yeah. But but as long as they pay up front, because I don't want anybody <laughs> to think that we're going to like treat them with kids' gloves. Exactly. You know, uh, they're well, going to get hazed. I it really gets me back to going back to the. I think there's a model for us where we go back to the to the holder dump show. Yeah. Uh, and I, and I think that's the best way to do it. It's like, look, we'll give you our expertise. We'll to give you our decades of experience in startups and tech and fundraising and everything else, and we're going to beat the shit out of you. And you're going to pay us for the privilege. And at the end of it, you may be embarrassed because if we think you don't have what it takes or we don't think you have a future, 
we're going to choose dump. If we think you have what it takes, we're going to hold. It's a cross between a game show and a, and a, a startup advisory show. Right. So I think we should give it a run see how it goes. I think so too. I mean, I think as long as, um, you know, even if it's bad and we're saying dump, I still want to give them, if there's ways to improve it, I still yeah. want to give them ways to improve it so Absolutely. that they can come back again. Um, because that's what they really want is like you just said, the, our sort of interpretation of what they're doing via our filter of, you know, years and years of experience. Exactly. Yeah. I like exactly. that idea. Let's do that. All right. So I think I'd seen this site before, but I hadn't been back to it in a long time, but it's really fascinating. I was actually uh, looking for um, venture capital uh, wallet addresses because uh, I have an idea for, for what we're working on, Joe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I uh, was looking around and I came upon whalestats.com, which is a really cool like analysis of wallets on uh, particular chains. So you can see an analysis of the top 100 ETH wallets. You can see them on uh, Phantom. And it just basically shows you what these people hold in their wallets, what their, you know, what their NFTs are, um, what their top 10 holdings are, et cetera, right? And, it, and it's interesting, like top 10 purchase tokens, GWBTC, BTC. Uh, these are the Phantom top 100 wallets. Um, and just gives you a really cool breakdown. And then, of course, it gives you the wallet addresses. So um, really, really interesting uh, tool hmm. and something that might do a couple of things, give you something to play with and just kind of learn about other projects. Uh, but secondarily, um, also kind of let you see what's trending, like what the hell is power token on Phantom, right? Well, it's the most traded token in the last 24 hours among the top 100 or 1000 Phantom wallets. Do you know what power is, Joe? No, I, do I don't not. know what power, Joe. I guess it has something to do with power. It's got something to do with power, but you know. Does this have the net, the net buy versus sell? I mean, does that hold on? I'll so tell you can you tell if they're dumping or buying. You so, probably, I'm sure it must. I don't think it. I don't know if it goes that granular for you or not. Uh, no, it does not. Well, well, you I can mean, look at the chart at that point too. And yeah, see yeah, what's going on? Yeah, yeah. Actually, let me load up Dex Guru and see what's got on it. Uh, oh, you know what? Drops tab is better for this. Yeah, it looks like a lot of selling. If that's oh, that's li- wait, is that power? Oh, sorry. Uh, uh-uh. no. Yeah, where? Oh, is, that's the price of Bitcoin right now. I, I saw it up earlier. Yeah, now. nah, it's been declining today. All right, so we got, we got, we got a lot of power here. I have no idea which one it is. All I'm gonna right. go with this one, Unipower, because it's up fifteen percent while everything else is down. Uh, Unipower describes a liquidity-based token. Oh no, it's on Ethereum. I'm gonna jump and on Polygon. Gecko real quick. That's not in it. That's not it. Power. Anybody? Okay. Well, I got a Power Meta Reserve. A power Civic nodes. Power, power nodes. You look at Power Nodes. I'll look at Meta Reserve. Power Nodes is on Phantom. Maybe this okay. is the one. That's probably it. Huh. Do we have a it's a nodes oh, there play. is the Dennis who listens to the show love these loves these nodes play. Maybe Dennis, if you're listening, give me some comments. Tell me about power if you know it. Well, metaverse, meta reserve power is up 15% today. Yeah, the power token is uh let me see where it's available. Well, I gotta get over this. Hey, what's going on over there? Oh no, I'm just throwing down my device. <laughs> It's not working the way I want. Uh, upgraded from 3G to 5G. Now none of the stuff works. Oof. Well, I mean, the coin y stuff doesn't work the yeah. same. I have to reload everything because I just had a biggest, watch list. Biggest token value, biggest token position by top 1,000 wallets on Phantom is GWBTC. Oh, that's Geist, Joe. Yeah. Hey, Geist are you rap. still in? Doing? Are yeah. you still doing some Geist? Yeah, I'm still in there. I mean, I've been getting gashed, of course. You know, Geist and Blizzard are just getting crushed. But, you know, I mean, it's buy time there. I mean, there's still tons of TVL and, um, okay, now this is in the power and tons of, um, you know, activity. Decent, you know, 66%, I think, if I remember correctly, APR, APY on the locked and like 45% on the stuff just held in the wallet or staked. 
but they got another way too where you could take the lock tokens now and register them and then you get an into another one like Solidex, I think it's called. You're, um, so I'm getting stuff from them too. But I'll pull that one up when we get to. Um... See, if I had all this data already in an interface, you, you know what I would build? I would build a, a PL tracker for all these wallets. Yeah. Like, like over time, right? Like, who the fuck is making money? <laughs> that's because that's the guys or women that you want to follow. Right. I mean, doesn't that, wouldn't that make sense if you had, if you had already, I mean, the data is readily available, but if you were already putting all this together in a report, wouldn't you like be, maybe they keep it for themselves, you know, or maybe that's a product they offer where, where you track the wallets of the highest performing investors over time, what ones that hold ones that, you know, day trade, whatever. And then you offer it as signals every time they friggin' buy something. Yeah, this is saying here it is power nodes. Yeah, because I see it's the only one available on Spooky Swap. Yeah, it's a nodes play, and I still don't understand those things. All right, let's see what we're saying here. I don't know what the um, fuck is. Do we have a description anywhere here? Not even on Coin You can earn money with a sixty-three hundred percent yield. You only need ten power tokens to get started. Power is a multi-blockchain yield processing node platform built on Phantom. It was created with the goal of providing its users with passive income. There is no blah, documentation, blah, blah, blah. no description. Let me see if you go into the app if it tells you what the fuck it is. No, I, I, I don't. I don't understand people. Like here we are talking about it on a live show. You know, a couple thousand or so people are going to listen to it eventually on the podcast and on YouTube, etc. I, I don't understand why you build a product and don't provide information about what the fuck it is that makes it clear and simple, right? Man, view, manage, and launch power nodes. You can also see how many records, records, rewards have been okay. allocated and claim them here. Then if you want, you can use them to create more power nodes up to a maximum of $100 per wallet. But wh what, what, what? Yeah, anyway. you got to go to their website though. Power nodes. I'm on their website. Oh, you are? If yeah, you that's what it, I'm reading. You're on their, their white paper? No. Yeah, but a user, a user shouldn't have to go to their fucking white paper to figure out what the hell they do. I know it it's because who wants to read a white paper exactly? It should be on the fucking website. Well, and CoinGecko's description it. is weak too. Um, mission yeah, statement. it's because they don't know how to communicate. They don't know how to market. They don't know how to position. I mean, evidently, you know what? Looks I should like shut the fuck. I should dude. shut the fuck up when it's the number one traded token amongst yeah. all of the whales on Phantom. They're doing something right. Yeah. Why don't you shut the fuck up, Brad? No, their mission <laughs> statement to create DeFi as a service, one platform doing all the work and heavy lifting, bridge the gap between users and investments that yield passive income. Yeah, they're saying oh. the right thing. Reduced this fees. Is, this is interesting. Most traded small cap tokens. No, it just came out March 22nd, too. So, okay. It's pretty new, pretty fresh. Yeah, maybe they don't care. Maybe, you know, maybe they have a base of users and they don't give a shit, you know? I wonder what Simone, have you talked to Simone lately? Not I'm recently. What he thinks of it. Well, look, it's the most used smart contract on chain. It's down 16% in the last 24 hours in usage, but it's 41.37% of the top 10 smart contracts in usage. Okay, no audits. Number two is Comb. Number three is FTM. USDC beats solid. Xerox solid. Huh, interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. Comb must be a tomb. Comb must be a tomb clone. One dev is doxxed. There's no audits. Um, well, you got that duck dox dev. One. Steve. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, where's Steve, damn it? Exactly. <laughs> I don't know. There's only about what? A couple hundred million of them. They do do some specific token analysis. Let's see what it's, this does. Phantom whale wallets also hold Richard Mill Metaverse, McDonald's Metaverse, Google Metaverse. I have no idea what this shit is. Okay, looks like they're investing in things too. But they put 100K in strong. Yeah, they're doing 100K slugs at different places. Time? Oh, yeah, I wonder how that one's holding up. 100,000 in time on December 20th. This, is this, this is power note? Yeah, it is. Huh. I don't get it. But um, anyway, interesting. 
but you find anyway, something like that with it. lots of attention and then yeah. you analyze it decide if it makes sense for you exactly figure out if they're buying or dumping where it is when did it list all those things and then see if it makes sense but it's a great source brad for additional information about projects and yep. to give you leads to give you targets to look at that's the cool part because finding the targets is the hardest thing so you might as well find the ones that all the super rich people are messing around with right right absolutely Okay, this is weird. So the company that makes whale stats has a token called Baby Whale. Okay. Ba Baby Whale is a re revolutionary Ethereum token from the whale stats team. For the first time, you too can experience what it's like to be a true whale. Baby one. Crypto whales, Domino, they buy low and sell high. The retail buyer, the speculator, small guy, the baby whales, because one day you'll become a whale too, just like whale stats gave you the tools to learn from the whales and copy their trades. Baby whale gives you the token to turn the tables. Here's well, what he makes baby whale the people's coin. It's a yeah, fun I mean, meme. It gives back. 24-hour trading volume of $785. <laughs> they have awesome. a... They have a, a, of a trillion. <laughs> they have a comment to earn model that's launching next month. Who knows when this was published? Help us analyze and share what the whales are doing. Share your alphas and get paid. Uh, that's actually a cool concept where you're earning tokens for commenting in their community. Yeah, I do like that. Remember, who was that guy that um, I used to run? The Define people would always be on one crypto channel that we'd be in sometimes. It's not Willy Woo. It was somebody else, but. It was uh, that kind of thing where people were getting tokens for commenting and things. Yeah. He's got like 30,000, 40,000 followers in his Telegram channel. What Evan, was it? Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, I don't remember the name though. Evidently, they have a premium uh, offering of the Whale Stats platform that if you hold Baby Whale, you get access to as well. Um, uh, what's coming? Hasn't happened yet. Launch of Comment to Earn Campaign to Earn Baby Whale. You made a uh, decent move like from... 30 to 15 days ago of, well, it looks like it's up 30% over 30 days, but it's down 8% over the last 14. So it looks like it's, it was, I guess up 38% the first 15 and it's tacked off eight. So it's still up, but some, there's been some selling in the last two weeks is what I'm getting at. Yeah. 1.2% <clears throat> in the last hour, but that could, could be good. I have a feeling these guys are a little behind on their roadmap and that's, uh, uh yeah. We got an 8.3 .8, 8 million valuation fully diluted, but that's off a trillion tokens. No, no, wait. 100 million? Yeah, that's billions, trillions, yeah. Look, man, great data. Whale Stats has great data. Yeah, it's cool. Or baby whale, whatever. Okay, uh, Ethereum merge is postponed till fall. Surprise. Now, and I, look... <laughs> I, I, I am absolutely cool with that because oh, yeah. the last fucking thing we need are bugs that fuck up this upgrade and takes the entire market down because truly terrifies me. I mean, it's like, it's a scariest shit thing. I'm so glad I don't work for the Ethereum Foundation because I would be like freaking shit out. Shit and bricks. Yeah, man, because this is, this is yeah. so massive. Like could take down all of crypto. Like, you know, if shit goes south. So... Uh, I'm happy that they're being cautious. Uh, they found more bugs. They did uh, shadow forks of the chain and with the with the merge and found more bugs. And so they're being smart. They're saying, no, not going to happen in June. Um, it's going to probably happen in the fall. So, you know, Ethereum miners are like, yay, I don't have to go mine that ETC bullshit right now. I can stick with uh, making some money on Ethereum for a few more months. So... Uh, I got a buddy that's doing that. He's been making bank on Ethereum. So mining. Yep. Yeah, I got a friend in Chicago doing that too. Yeah. So he's crushing it, man. They're killing yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. So happy to see that they are being cautious. Happy to see that they realize, you know, that they have to be careful. I also love the fact that they're doing multiple parallel testing paths with shadow uh, forks. Um, to me, that's um, that's really great to hear. Um, they're not messing around. I, look, I think it's obvious to see the severity of this if they fuck it up. So anyway, uh, really um, disappointed that it's not going to happen that soon. But at the same time, uh, happy to see that they're just being smart about how they uh, launch this thing. So, Hey, have you seen anything on the uh, um, 
deflate the burn aspects of Ethereum since the fourth quarter? The numbers? I haven't looked lately. Uh, I looked, I think, last week at one point. Let's take a look. Uh, where did I see the stats the other day? ETH. Watch the burn. Here it is. We're not in a deflationary model, though, because I remember looking at the chart the other day and we were not. Uh, net issuance is up 1.2 million, but the overall net reduction in inflation, I guess, is 62.3%. So it's working. Yeah. It's working. Looks um, like this one says here over 5 billion in ETH burned since London hard fork. Okay. This is from March 8th, 20. I don't When was the London hard fork? Don't was know. That, okay. Don't, don't know. <laughs> Don't, don't know. Was that 1559? I'm thinking it must have been. It wouldn't make sense to re refer to that anything That was last else. summer, right? I think so. I want to say like last July, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's yeah, see what it definitely. says. Yeah, it is the 1559 upgrade. Part of the London Hard Fork occurred on August 5th. Okay. Yeah, so you're right. All right. Well, um, Anyway, hopefully this, uh, you know, they continue to be careful. And if it has to get delayed again, it has to get delayed again. That's just, you know, that's the way software development goes, folks. It's not, uh, it's not fun. It's not it an will, exact science. And, and it will always be late. If you're hiring a yeah. developer and they tell you a time frame, double or triple it, triple it to be safe. Yeah. It's like what I always do with financial projections is two things. I double the expenses and cut the revenue in half. There you go. If it still makes sense. Then I have a conversation. I like it. So, so um, this has been kind of in the news previously, but Blockstream and Tesla are building a solar powered Bitcoin mining facility. So yeah, I think I this like is that. really cool. Uh, we were talking about, um, you know, uh, or I was talking yesterday, I guess, about profit driving mining, uh, renewable energy for mining. Um, this is a great example of it. It's brilliant that Tesla would take their battery tech and, and you know, have a partnership for Bitcoin mining. Um, it's a great way to show off the Tesla battery technology, and it's a great way to make more money and print Bitcoin. So or, and turn all the Tesla cars into BTC miners. There you go. That's uh, that would be awesome, right? Like what you could do is get your entire neighborhood of Teslas together and just like uh, create a mining farm in your community. Yeah. Like, and what about know, if it just runs? Like every time you you're just <laughs> driving around, you're just mining BTC. That'd be sweet. Oh, I do love sweet. the I love the power angle here. And this is one that we talked a little bit about this. Maybe we were talking before the show, but um, you know, when you combine something like this with the stuff that Clima is doing with their um Clima Infinity or whatever it's called project, mm -hmm. where they did the deal with Polygon, where Polygon's <laughs> not just going carbon neutral, they're going carbon, I guess, negative, the positive one. So, yeah, I talked a little bit about that yesterday. Yeah, and so is Terra's coming down the pipe on that too. So think about this. Now, what if you then somehow combine these two efforts, renewable, into a some kind of uh, you know carbon credit scheme? Uh, and I say that in a regular, not in a negative way, to where all of a sudden now you have either more carbon credits or some way where you know you can filter through some platform into helping everybody go carbon. Uh, Neutral. Would it be negative or positive? I mean, neutral, we always say, but negative, I think. Yeah, I think it's like healthcare. Yeah. You want to hear the negative word. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, things like that. This is the kind of stuff that I see being really, really interesting. And, you know, one thing, maybe Tesla's whole thing is just going to be that it was the battery tech. You know, maybe that's the big thing. Maybe the battery tech then powers the spaceships and powers the borings and paros. Absolutely. Powers everything. I mean, well, look, at the end of the day, they have an entire business unit for that. They have it yeah. for the solar roofs and they have it for just in general. People can buy these packs for their homes, for their existing energy needs, right? Like, I mean, I would be selling the shit out of them in South Florida. That's right? what I was thinking immediately you know? when you said that. Yeah. Exactly. Because, I mean. Versus you know, generators? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Please, if you had that set up and stored and ready to go and you got a week of power out of it that can power, you know, big stuff, refrigerators, air conditioners mm -hmm. poo everybody in south florida will buy these fuckers yeah because that's the hardest thing when that for everybody who doesn't live here when the hurricane knocks the power off you you, you have generators and stuff that can run things but you can't start them 
it's yeah. too much amperage to get it to turn it over. So you got to daisy chain a few of them together, and then somebody blows up a house or something like that. Yeah. People die had, from sniffing in. They put it inside yeah. their house, and they die from the get fumes. And yeah, it's yeah. A mess. This would be really interesting if if you had it built into the infrastructure, like both you know at the block level infrastructure of neighborhoods, yep. like kind of repeater stations or storage stations, but then solar and things like that that were driving power and just maintaining all the generators. Absolutely. Yeah, that's pretty powerful. Cool. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Um, let me see if I got anything else, Joe. I think I uh, that was things. all of my thing. Oh, um, yeah, we don't need this. Which one's that? Nah, it was a bunch of Ethereum charts. There's a library of contracts. Oh, this is that rug pull list. Let's not try to go through them today. So let's go ahead and go to your list. I'm going to drop Blue coin was on there. I saw, yeah. Um, okay, I'm going <clears> to share... And we'll start off with a little bit more, uh, well, Twitter, I guess, not necessarily Tesla. Um, Jack Dorsey's first tweet, we all remember when that sold for, I think, $48 million or something yeah. like that? Yeah. Well, it just sold um, yesterday for $280, <laughs> the top bid. So, I mean, God knows what the heck. Oh, well, no. So it says, he, there's a crazy million. story it's behind that. $2.9 Go ahead. You know, did you read, did you see what the crazy story is behind that, though? No, please tell me. I didn't. Oh fuck! This is a a token. A guy that the guy that bought it is uh launched a token, an oracle on the Tron ecosystem. Now, I think that this guy reached out to me, uh, like over a year ago, to help him with some advice and shit. And he gave me, he sent me some of their token, um, because I distinctly remember this guy reaching out to me and saying. Hey, I've got an Oracle system uh, on Tron. I could use some advice and guidance for getting to market, blah, blah, blah. He then sent me like $300 worth of his token and I never heard from him again. Well, the guy was in prison in Iran for nine months. Ouch. He was in prison in Iran because they were getting him for violating economic laws, right? And I'm assuming it's because he launched a token. I don't think he's originally from Iran, if I remember correctly. And he just got out of, he just got released. They never, he claims they never charged him with anything. He got released and then he uh, tried to revive his coin because all these investors had gone in. His, his, his project had been up in the hundreds of millions, I guess. And then it plummeted when they found out he went to prison down to like 28 million market cap. And then he is now trying to resuscitate the whole thing with a new token and exchanging tokens for tokens for his people, et cetera, et cetera. But I, I, I got, I looked at my emails and couldn't find it, but I swear to God, this has to be the same guy. There's um, a, yeah. A couple of names to me, bridge Oracle and crypto lands. Yeah. Bridge Oracle was uh BRG token. Yeah. And I think that's what he sent to me. Um, I think he sent it, but it's long enough ago that I still had a Binance.com account because that's the only, I don't have a Tron wallet. Right. And so, uh, and the guy reached out, he acted like he needed all this help. And I'm like, Oh, well, we talked about it. I looked at the Oracle a little bit after he sent me 300 bucks. I sent him a few notes Then I never heard from him again. I'm just wondering if I never heard from him again, because he ended up getting sucked into prison that, that week. So, uh, uh, interesting shit though. But he tried, like, so he got out of prison and he tried to sell the to- the NFT that he paid $2.9 million for for like $48 million, yeah. right? Yep. And, and what was the final price he got? Well, I don't know if it actually sold yet, but it looks like could sell for just under $280. The high bid right now, I think, is seven total offers ranging from $277 to $6. Right. He thought he was going to get $25 million for it. <laughs> So he bought it, like you said, he purchased it for $2.9 million in March of 2021. Last Thursday, he wanted to sell it for $48 million, and the high bid is $277. I don't know when it closes or anything. I think it's just interesting. Yeah, but you know, you can't find the BRG tokens? Uh, no, because I don't have access to that Binance.com account. Oh, and it. I wrote them off as like, you know, I may have even just swapped them for USD and said, fuck it but, yeah. uh but uh but anyway um you know just kind of just kind of nuts 
Yeah, and then Floyd NFTs, more NFT stuff. Floyd Mayweather's uh, NFT Metaverse sale or whatever um, has so far minted only. It went live. Well, when was this? It says five hours ago, but I don't know what time this is. Um, but they had only moved 118 out of the 5,000 NFTs. Well, um, he's being called out really hard as a scammer, right? Because he's done. Yeah. Zach, Zach XBT writes him up all the time. And he's done three or four or more of these. And they always promise there's going to be more shit around the NFTs, et cetera, et cetera. And then nothing ever happens and gets delivered. Um, I saw the other day, Zach XBT tweeted yeah. about this project and told everybody to stay away from it. And uh, he replied to him and said, please remove the tweet. Like, this isn't nice. I'm, I'm a good guy. Please remove this tweet. That's what Floyd said? Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, yeah. he got in trouble. Didn't he get in trouble with an ICO back in the day? I would where, not be surprised. Uh, securities know. fraud because he was touting an ICO or something like that. I think I remember yeah. that, too. Um, but, I mean, you know, it's like who who buys it? I don't know. But anyhow, so, you know, everybody says this is your guy's XBT. Um, you know, everybody's tired of these 0.3 ETH cash grabs by celebs and athletes. Yeah. Well, he's making, you know, he's made four or five million dollars a pop, mm -hmm. you know, and I think it's burning on him now. Now, this one I saw in one of my channels, a new Dex Crescent. I don't even know where it is. I don't want to connect the wallet to it yet. Um, but there's supposed to be some monster airdrop coming um, huh. that uh, let me see real quick, because there's a buddy of mine who shared it in one of these ones. Let me just see exactly how much that is. Real quick, I want to say 800 million, but um, real fast, real fast, where it's saved. Um, airdrop. Oh, no, they're doing about like an $800 airdrop for oh. anybody who I guess has done anything there. I mean, I haven't. So, stake, li swap, liquid, stake, and farm on the fastest growing decentralized exchange. But I don't know what it's. Oh, here's the airdrop. I haven't connected, so I don't know. We got like 178 days to figure it out. It's probably like the IDEX one. Where right, you get trades right. and things like that, you get credit. But yeah. I'll dig more into this. But anybody look at this Crescent, C-R-E-S-C-E-N-T dot network and check it out. It might be make sense to go do some buys there, or some swaps um, until you're ready. Eric, just, it's just Crescent dot, dot network. network. Okay. And here's the median. There's a medium article, uh, Crescent Dextrop. Uh, decentralized, mutually governed DeFi hub owned by Crescent holders, 100 million CRE allocated through an airdrop to Adam. It's Adam one. Okay. Adam delegators, excluding delegated amount to centralized exchange validators, airdrop process categorized into two rounds, Dex drop 50 million of them, boost drop 50 million of them. And then this post walks you through everything, which we don't really have time to go through, but um, it's uh, Crescent. No dot, but crescentnetwork.medium.com. And you can get a lot of information there, but take a look. Okay. Um, then this one, uh, this is about DAI and MakerDAO, you know, how they're moving to back DAI with real world assets. Um, there's been more talk about, you know, stable coin implosions and things like that. I saw a big piece by Arthur Hayes on that uh, recently, was reading that. But, you know, these guys really want to come back and, um, you know, like Terra's buying up BTC to right. back uh, UST. Um, these guys are looking to put real world assets behind uh, die just in case there's some massive. Well, that's smart. And look, I think, you know, there's been a lot of criticism around die not having any backing lately. And, and I think that's coming to a head for them. So, yeah. And it makes sense. Just disclose. We don't, you know, USDT got claims a lot of the commercial paper that a lot of people think isn't really worth anything. These guys are talking more about like factory stocks and corporate debt. I mean, I guess that's what USDT was buying in China. But, you know, you have to have stuff that's legitimate to back yeah, it. It absolutely. can't be super high risk paper that's going to vaporize. If, if there's a crypto meltdown, trust me, high risk paper is going down, too. Yeah. Um, and then I was in here trying to find some stuff. And this was you. And I think that is it for me, too. Um, all right, let me go back here. Make sure there's nothing else that's come up. Hey, send me the link to that die article in the Telegram, please. Not okay. in the comments. Got it.
Oh, wait a minute. I've got it. Never mind. I found it. It's just yeah, it's on the Defiant. Yeah, yeah, they're just websites taking forever to load. That's all. Yeah. Uh, Let me see what else. Uh, let's die. Oh, and I did see one. I don't have the link up, but I saw a DeFi startup uh, blocks root B L O big X R O U T E just raised $70 million series B led by SoftBank. Okay. And it's all about you know, a bunch of Israelis in Israel. I mean, excuse me, in Chicago. And you know, it's about getting the blocks to print faster. Okay. So That's cool. Pretty interesting did, scaling I, infrastructure stuff. I yeah. did see early this morning, USDT has made an announcement. They're going to be uh, killing off some of the paper they have backing usdt and trying to get more cash in the door so that's smart um, yeah very smart especially with the current you know who knows where the economic conditions are going on debt and everything else so there was a big article yesterday i think i was going to show it but i don't know what i did with it on um blackrock and uh circle and usdc um oh yeah i think they just led around putting a bunch of money into circle or whatever whoever's kind of the sponsor of circle right now I don't know if that's black it might be blackrock yeah yeah I don't know. Um, because they're kind of using that as their thing now um because there's that what isn't like circle doing a reverse or a spac to go public right. yeah and yeah I, I think blackrock's leading that round but it tells me that now we're really seeing all the u.s institutionals the big ones thinking okay usdc is one that we're not going to get bitched at by the government on and so their BlackRock is is, is going to be, you know, is backing it with assets, too. Yeah. Um, which is which is I think what we want. I think we want USDT, USDC, die, all of these actually backed by um, assets that are external to those entities. Oh, shit. I but, completely forgot. Uh, Frax launched their uh, FPI tokens yesterday. Um, and that's the one that's pegged to the consumer price index. So they oh. launched. FPI and FPIS and read a lot of really positive analyses of it. One guy recommending a 60, 40 hold 60% frax, 40% FPIS. Uh, so there's two tokens. One's the governance token. One is the one that's pegged to the dollar plus CPI. So currently that's uh, 8.5%. Um, there's all kinds of other reward mechanisms. There's VE stuff, uh, all kinds of stuff tied into it. But had a nice run up yesterday. I don't know where it is right now. Let me take a look. You have something open you can pull a price up? Oh, um, yeah, hold on. I had to, it wasn't listed on most of the tools yet that I use. So I had to go to uh, which one next, am I looking uh, up? FPIS. Okay, hold on. I was on Frax. Was that not going? Why am I looking up Frax? FPI Frax. No, just FPIS. FPIS. On uh, on mainnet. Loading, loading, loading. Ten dollars and eighteen cents. It's down from where it was last night, but still up over where it started. Uh, but anyway, I, I'm excited that this is out. I may uh, I may take a little jump in here because uh, you know all the dumpers are going to get their airdrops. People are going to dump them, and then uh, I. I just think that this is one of those things that has a ton of potential to be, um, you know, compensating for inflation in a stable coin to me is a really cool concept. And wow. the future plans for this are that they will start incorporating real uh, inflation data instead of kind of the manipulated inflation data that we get now. So um, we'll, we'll see, but uh, you know, I, I would always bet on Sam Kazmian at Frax uh, to have success. We'll you know, I, I I like I like Frax too. And you know, it's funny. I was just talking to a buddy of mine at Treasury two days ago on inflation because I was trying to remember, you know, what what aspects of inflation are good. And and, and here's one I'll tell you real quick: is that you know, think about like foreign paper. So let's just say that the U.S. Chinese bought a trillion dollars of U.S. T bills, you know, five years ago. Right. Um, and now all of a sudden inflation over the last five years, let's say it's been, um, I don't know, 20% total, right. something like that. So now all of a sudden that note, that trillion dollar note is now um, essentially uh, the borrower is now worth the 1.2 trillion. Right. But when you pay it back, you're still only paying back the one. 
Okay. So think about that. When you owe, um, you know, when we see that number, I think the February real inflation number was like 11.2% monthly. That's what took it so high. So think about just in that one month, I think the actual Chinese numbers are like 2 trillion or something like that. The U.S. just saved uh, $224 billion. Oh, that's pretty handy. So it really helps in, you know, inflation helps the borrower, hurts the creditor. Yeah. So, you know, this is what I'm kind of intrigued by. You know, I mean, I hate it because every time I go in the store, everything's a dollar more, of course. And, of course. you know, gas seems to be locked at four ninety nine. Oh, go ahead, finish. And then I got to tell oh, you something else. Go oh, ahead. yeah. And then, um, but, you know, there are positive aspects to it, too. The worst thing is deflationary. And that's what the Japanese had to go through for like 25 years. Um, it just tanks everything. So yeah. we'll get through this. Um, but I'm really excited to see how this fracks, uh, how it pegs to inflation. Yeah, I'm gonna see if I can get some intel. Well, on they're, doing it, they're doing it. They're doing it. Yeah, they're doing it with chain, um, a chain link, you know, Oracle. And right now, I mean, it's going to be pretty steady because of the they're not updating real time with data. But later, when he starts adding other um, pricing mechanisms into it, then it's going to start um, being more real time for the primary FPI token. Uh, but anyway, very cool. I need yeah. to understand the mechanics of it a little better, but um, I definitely, definitely am excited that they've gotten that out. So what are you gonna tell uh, me? not to get too political. Actually, We're I won't up. even. I won't We're even three minutes over, so we I, can't go I, to a big rant. I, I, I'm not. I, <laughs> I, I'm going to do a little rant. Okay, cool. Uh, the governor of the <clears throat> state of Texas is forcing the State Department of Public Safety to inspect every truck coming in from Mexico and Latin America. They cannot look inside the vehicles because that's illegal. They're not immigration. So he can't claim he's doing it for immigration purposes. This is the kind of shit that is an intentional political play to fuck up the supply chain and cause more inflation. And it is cynical and people need their food that these trucks have on them. And it's going to spoil. People are going to go out of business that are shipping it. Farmers are going to go out of business. Just pisses me the fuck off. So that's all I have to say. Yeah, no, I'm with you on that. I mean, I'm not a no fan of, uh, what's his name, Abbott? No fuck fan of that guy. I mean, he's also shipping, like, I guess, uh, migrant workers and buses to D.C. and dumping them off. But, I mean, to me... Uh, and then DeSantis, our, our esteemed governor, jumps in and says, don't you migrants think about coming here to Florida? It's You're going to have a real hard time here. You're just like, where are you, who's writing your talking points, dude? Yeah. But but the thing is, look, if you're halting interstate, well, it's not even interstate commerce. It's uh, international, international commerce. That's federal jurisdiction. So yeah. this won't last. Um, well, he's been doing just, it for a week. The line yeah. is massive. I mean- Think about how many small businesses he's impacting. Think about how many people that need the food he's impacting. Think about how much he's fucking up the supply chain and I going agree. to increase all of our prices from doing it. This is not like 10 trucks. This is hundreds and hundreds of loads of goods. Not well, this is where almost everything from Mexico, part of North American trade agreements, comes through these um, yeah. checkpoints. Yeah. And, you know, you're right. It's not... It's supposed to just come whirring through there because, you know, we want commerce to go fast. These are not... Yeah, you look, know. inspect a truck. Uh, you know, I'm sure they have random inspections for immigration all the time. Yeah. But you don't stop the whole fucking flow of commerce. This is intentionally an attempt to harm Democrats and President Biden going into the election. This is all it is. They want to make the numbers worse and they don't care if they hurt people doing it. Look, don't get me wrong. Politicians on both sides have some shitty behaviors. This is one of those things that's just blatantly just so bad just well, really bad. i'm just amazed that he actually survives because you know just he just he and the other guy who's that attorney general paxson or something like yeah, that yeah yeah oh, they're God. just kooks man they're, they're totally totally fruit nuts man yeah just, so i mean they have no concern of anything but but, but it's texas know, it, it is it's, texas it's pretty easy to be a fucking nut job in texas let me tell you i grew up in now you get your ass kicked by the mexicans and then the americans and then you walk around well, for 150 years acting like badasses it's I, like yeah. And look, I think they're biding their time. They're squelching votes. They're trying to keep people from voting and accessing their voting rights. And, and they're trying to bide their time because the demographics are not in their favor. In their favor. No. At all. So no. it's just a matter of time. Yeah. So these are transitions. We see it. It's going to happen eventually. Yeah. But, you know, it's just frustrating to watch in the interim. Yep. yep. All right, man. 
Thank yeah. you, everybody, for listening and watching. We love you. We appreciate you. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, on YouTube. You can find all of our shows at missiondefi.com, both DeFi Lunch and the Mission DeFi Podcast. Um, if you have thoughts, ideas, feedback, criticisms, critiques, praise, you love me more than you love Joe, or maybe vice versa, it's hard to imagine, feel free to message me at B05Crypto on Telegram or Twitter. I am all messaging platforms are open for you to tell me what you think. If you've got a product that, or a project that you think is cool in DeFi that's going to change the world, don't hesitate to let me know about it. We love talking about new stuff. Joe, I talked about a cool one yesterday. Uh, and then I figured out that the guy had told me it was in stealth. <laughs> I'm sure you got a lot of like heart messages and stuff. From <laughs> Actually, he was very gracious about it. Yep. And he was, he was, is very cool and uh he's a really nice guy i knew him from another project anyway um so but yeah i should pay attention uh, well no it's a, all publicity is good publicity you know yeah, yeah. um you know and the concept's the show, really cool and has big potential give uh, him the show wallet man yeah yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> but um you, no we're, there's lots of good stuff you're right there's lots of cool stuff coming up i think next week we're gonna actually have the you know, we tried to have the Salvadorans on last week. We had their representative, but then we ran out of time. We're going to have them on next week. Um, a couple of other things are coming through the pipe, other carbon credit, climate type plays uh, that look pretty intriguing. So lots of exciting stuff. And then our projects, of course, too, which are the most exciting of the bunch. Absolutely. Um, stay, but anyhow, mirroring yeah, everything that Brad said, you know, rate us, do whatever, tip us, do whatever you're going to do. Thank you so much. And we'll I'll see you tomorrow. Out. Thanks, Brad. <laughs>